Welcome to the Paragol Podcast. This is Jared Pitney, and today I'm joined by my friend, Dr. Zeke Schatz. Zeke, thanks so much for coming on. Jared, thanks for having me. So, uh, first big question. Who is the greatest tennis player that you played with in your time at Paragol High School? Not played against, played with. Probably... You can't say the Maury's because I beat both of those guys. Mm, probably Aaron Collier. Ah, <laughs> touche. She was actually pretty good. She was Dr. Collier's daughter, and so yeah, she was very good. I, I think you, you, was, you're just below below her, though. She was a great athlete, yeah. phenomenal mm-hmm. basketball player mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you haven't already picked up on this, those of you listening, Zeke and I went to school together. Um, we're actually, uh, it's interesting. There was we were we were partners on the court. But in the arts, we were rivals because I don't know if you remember this. Well, of course you remember this. You probably have a copy of it. You and your friends directed a movie. Was that your junior year or senior year? That was our, well, it depends on which movie you're talking about. We actually did more than one. Yes. Well, the one I'm thinking of is Coded Destruction. Yes. Well, we, we did a test run. With Star Wars Episode One Half, <laughs> who was the who was the leading role? Well, you know, we we all were co leads. Me and all my friends, you know, the, the guys I hung out with high, in high school were like Matt Hobbs, Scott and Stephen Maury, yes. Stephen Guitar, yes, Derek House, yeah, Derek, uh, we strong were, silent type, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. He was our bodyguard. Uh, <laughs> I love Derek, but uh, yeah, so uh, we started off with Star Wars Episode One Half. Is that your junior year? Uh, I, I think it probably. Probably was okay. kind of got our feet wet with that. Sure, and then you know we went all in our senior year. Christmas break of our senior year, we spent the whole break making. You recorded yeah. Code of Destruction during your Christmas break. I believe we did. Started yeah. and finished. Well, we did all the recording. Now the editing and all that kind of stuff took took a little bit longer. How did y'all edit? So, kind of what got us into all this, you know, if you think back in that time period, late 90s, like Steve Jobs just came back to Apple. Mm-hmm. There was the new iMac that was, you know, kind of this multicolored thing. And sure. it came built with all these programs that no one had ever, you know, yeah. experienced before. And one of them was a program called iMovie. Uh-huh. So, we recorded, uh, you know, on a camera and using Steven Guitar's iMac we edited it on iMovie. Wow, he's a sharp dude. Yeah, he knows his computers. Mm-hmm. Did he end up in like some sort of computer yeah. career? As I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you guys released Cold of Destruction, and I was at the premiere, and it was at the hospital. <laughs> it was. Do you remember that? It was. And y'all had popcorn. So the so so yeah that that night. Um, so there it, we did it on a Friday night. There was. A basketball game. You know, I went to Paragold, you know, like, like Jared said. There was a basketball game that Friday night. I can't remember if it was, you know, the senior high boys and girls or mm-hmm. exactly. I just remember, you know, kind of everybody went to the basketball Probably game. Probably dominated because we had a good team back yes. then. Yeah, both boys and girls were great. Yes. Um, so, anyway, we went to uh, the basketball game Friday night, watched the game. As soon as the game was over, the party just kind of moved from the, you know, the, from the gym. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. To the hospital. So um, at the hospital, what's I think called the professional arts building, yes. you know, it was relatively new it then. Was, yeah. And then on the ground floor, there's kind of this big open meeting area yep. where they had a drop down screen and uh, 
you know, so anyway, it was kind of like a movie theater, kind of, and, you know, we had popcorn, nice. and, you know, a, a lot of people showed up, or at least, you know, that's kind and of... And I, I think I remember, maybe I'm remembering wrong, but didn't you have a kissing scene with your future wife? So, there... there <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. So, you know, it, you that that scene, I know what you're talking about. It could be interpreted many different ways. Okay, so, that's so, true. So, Y'all did leave something in imagination. So, Laura and I were boyfriend and girlfriend whenever we started shooting uh, the film. There was a kissing scene at the towards the beginning of the film that kind of faded to black. So that's right. You know, here you go. What happened? Yeah, exactly. But uh, you know, I'm 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 sorry to say, (laughs) Laura and I actually broke up. While we were no, uh, filming that movie, no. so we had to kill off her character during Christmas break. Yeah, we had to kill off her character oh, in the movie. This is that's terrible. how the movies work. That's how they work. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> Get her out of here. Yeah, man. So she never appeared again in the movie after the kissing scene. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. So now, yeah. wow. Okay, I that. So if you remember you know, the, the way this conversation got started, as I said, we were. We were, we were partners on the tennis court, but we were rivals in the arts. And, and so the reason for that is we decided our senior year um, to come up with our own movie. And it actually took us six months to, to, to make this movie, and the title of it was Better Than Coded Destruction. So oh. they were Coded Destruction. Our movie title was Better Than Coded Destruction. Well, it sounds like you started it. Uh, the, the the conflict. Yeah. Well, the conflict started a little bit before. Do you remember your your senior year was Charles Nelson's first year? Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah. And we rolled Charles Nelson, <laughs> and we put Seniors 2000 all over everything on his house with shaving cream. <laughs> Do you remember that? Uh, you know, Matt Holmes not, and I talked about that. Not, I think it was not really. Okay. But. He wasn't happy. Um, so I don't know. It was just kind of one of those things. And then, yeah, I thought our movie was good, but we didn't have, we actually showed our movie to our friends at Seth Purcell's house. Oh, now Dr. Purcell. Yes. And so, um, surrounded by physicians. That's just story of my life. That's good. Um, and so, yes, but, but tennis, here's a question for you. I'm going to, I really do want to get into the medical side of things here in a little bit, but I know people are really interested in this stuff. (laughs) Um, tell me this, tell me this, because, Especially now that you uh, you are a physician, you're a doctor, and, and radiology is your thing. Do you remember when we played an Osceola doubles game? I remember going to Osceola to play tennis, but I don't really remember anything about it. Do you remember when we shook that guy's hand after the game? And, I do and remember. Okay. He did I, not have any. Well, I, I'm pretty sure he didn't have any bones in his hand. <laughs> I I I remember. I, I know what you're talking. I about. think we called him. <laughs> I think we I, call, I think we I'm called him of, pillow hands. <laughs> I don't. I I never called him that. Just to clarify, oh, you know, that was probably all Jared. Yeah, it, it probably was. I just wanted to know if there's any. If you've come across anything in your research that could cause such a phenomenon. Well, yeah, you know, looking back on it now through kind of a medical lens, um, you know, potentially something called amniotic band syndrome uh, could have happened to this guy. Which, which is, is so in it's ba- terms. Yeah, it's basically when a, a baby's in the, you know, st- still in the uterus. Sure. There's an amniotic band um, that kind of wraps around one of their extremities and can you know, cause a deformity like that. For real. So, okay. Yeah. You know, pretend, you know, that's just me speculating sure, based on we my don't memories know. from 20 years ago or of over course. 20 years ago. So of course, well, yeah, you feel bad now. 
Well, we didn't like laugh at him. It was just one of those things where, honestly, at the time, I just remember both of us kind of looking at each other after it was over like, did you feel that? Like, we were just a little bit surprised. Was he a tennis player? Yeah, we played against him. Well, can, he, would, would a person with that syndrome be able to play tennis? Would they be able to he, hold a racket? You know, with, with their – maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. There's a lot of interesting stories from high school. Remember we played against Sid Vicious's uh, – do uh, you remember the wrestler, Sid Vicious? West Memphis, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. His son played for Marion. Was okay. on the team. Yeah. There's just all kinds of you. I don't remember things. that. <laughs> okay. All right. There's a lot of stories uh, with tennis. But so we, so we knew each other in high school. But then eventually you graduated. Did you know when you graduated that you wanted to become a doctor? Because you're a, in a family of doctors. Your mom is a doctor. Your dad's a doctor. Uh, I guess your sister's a nurse practitioner. Right. Yeah. Uh, did you know immediately, like, this is the field I'm going into? You know, basically my entire life, you know, like you said, that's what I've been around. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what I knew. Um, I've always kind of known I wanted to do something in that field, you know, going to the hospital um, on a weekend Saturday morning was normal uh, for me. Um, calls all night, Every night, you know, that was normal for me. It it was just Mm -hmm. normal, you know, Mm -hmm. for other people that aren't kind of in the medical Mm -hmm. profession or in the medical field, you know, you Mm -hmm. kind of work your eight to five and then you're done. But medicine's a 24-7, 365 thing. Mm -hmm. And that's the environment I grew up in. And Mm -hmm. um, So you're comfortable with that lifestyle. Yeah. So really, you know, growing up, I always knew I wanted to do something. I didn't really know exactly what you know, in, in the medical field. Um, but I always kind of knew I wanted to do something there. Okay. And so you take – did you go to U of A? So I, I went to A-State for okay. undergrad. I went mm-hmm. to A-State for undergrad. What did you get mm-hmm. your undergrad in? Uh, biology. Okay, biology. Mm-hmm. And then med school? So med school, I went to UAMS in Little Rock. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I was there for four years. And then, um, yeah, med school was uh, – you know, it's a challenging time. Uh, it's not easy, um, but it was also rewarding. Some of the most rewarding years of my life. Um, In what way? Well, you know, there's a challenge that's put before you, and you work really hard to try to um, achieve something, and you're able to get it done, and it feels good. Mm. Uh, so, Did you – is it – when you're in med school, is that when you decide – what path within the medical world you're going to take. So like, yeah. so was that kind of a question? Like, you know, cause your parents are, I guess your mom's pediatrician, dad's just a general Fam- so like, yeah, family. family yeah. And so mm-hmm. was that on the table? Like originally, like, okay, I'll be one of those two. Well, so when I went to med school, there were two things I knew I didn't want to do. Okay. One was pediatrics, ah. just, you know, mm-hmm. screaming, crying babies, just, yep. you know, I, I just didn't think that was for me. And, um, the other thing I knew I didn't want to do was OBGYN. You know, yep. I just had zero interest sure, in that. Sure, So you just scratch those uh, off. Yeah, those were pretty much off the list when I started day one. But everything else was kind of, you know, on the list. And the way med school works is the first two years, you're kind of in the classroom. Um, you know, there's lectures, tests. You're not really, like, taking care of patients every day. It's a lot it's, like college, but on steroids. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that's a great way to describe it. Like college, on, but on steroids. Mm-hmm. And kind of how you do those first two years really kind of determines what your options are. You know, um, it's hard to get into med school, one. And then once you're there, 
you kind of get, you know, there's another weeding out process that kind of happens. You know, the, the people that make the best grades have the most options. Mm. The people that don't make as good of grades, but, you know, are still doing okay. Um, you know, they don't have as many options when it comes to what specialty they want to do mm. later on. And so, so, like, when you say they don't have as many options when it comes to specialty, like, so give me an example of that. So there's a tier, apparently, of, like, I, I would think, like, neuro, like a neurosurgeon or something. Right. Like, so, like, if they're looking at some, like, not, if you're just barely getting by, are you saying you don't even have an option? To become like, to be like, that's the feel that they kind of look at you and be like, you don't have what it takes. You yeah. didn't reach this, so, whatever. So, you know, it's, it's a supply and demand type thing. There's a lot of people that want to be neurosurgeons and plastic surgeons, dermatologists. You know, those are some of the most competitive orthopedic surgeons. Those are some of the most competitive specialties to get into. Um, so they're able to, you know, take the best of the best okay basically yep. you know they can cherry pick who they want to take gotcha and if, and if you're not you know the best of the best then see you know, i would they, have they never have known those you. were like areas that were flooded i would think like that would be like yeah like very few people actually even tried to become mm-hmm. like a neurosurgeon or whatever else and so what did you you eventually obviously went into radiology mm-hmm. what was it between like that and what else was like really kind of a close second so you know, okay, so those first two years, like I said, you're in the classroom. Uh-huh. The third year, you're more like a real doctor, and you kind of rotate through a bunch of different specialties. And that third year is when people really start to try to figure out and nail down what exactly they're going to do. What do you like? Yeah. And um, so when I rotated, rotated through everything, I liked most stuff. Mm. Um, some, you know, some other things I kind of thought about at the time were like, orthopedics, ENT, um, internal medicine or an internal medicine subspecialty like cardiology mm-hmm. or GI or something mm-hmm. like that. And then there was radiology. So what what I can what I liked about radiology was you know, really radiology plays an important role with pretty much every specialty out there, you know. Uh, we're talking about oncology, orthopedics, neurosurgery, infectious disease, you name it, you know, radiology plays a really important role. From head to toe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I like, I like that, uh, you know, the variety there and, um, you know, a lot of stuff that happens in the hospital can be kind of repetitive and mundane. And with radiology, you get a chance to see um, the most interesting cases in the hospital. They mm-hmm. all tend to flow through radiology at one point or another. Huh. So whereas, you know, if you're an internal medicine doctor, you're a hospitalist and you, you're all, you know, you just see COPD and CHF and that kind of stuff every single day, you know, in radiology, you know, I'll see the chest x-rays on those people, but I'll also see the brain tumor and I'll see the trauma patient and, um, you know, um, I'll see the the ACL tear and the meniscus tear and and you know so yeah. is um, there anything and we'll get to this here in a little yeah. bit with talking about your job now is there anything at this point you've been I guess in radiology for how long so I graduated from med school in 2009 um, okay. so after that you know you kind of do your residency and fellowship and and that kind of stuff so I finished all that training in 2015 yeah I went to Georgia was where you said you did your fellowship at Emory and then yeah, so uh, so uh, that first year out, 
my internship was uh, it, in Atlanta at Emory. So I was there for a year. And then after that, uh, we uh, moved to Rochester, Minnesota, and I did my radiology residency and then a fellowship in musculoskeletal imaging at Mayo Clinic. I'm going to punt my question. I was going to ask, I'll remember to ask it later. I want to ask it about Mayo since we just mentioned it. Is that, um, that seems prestigious, is right? At the Mayo Clinic, isn't it? Like, or is that kind of like just the perception from a, a, a dude in Paragould, Arkansas? No. I, mean, I guess I just see like Mayo yeah. stuff everywhere, you know? Yeah. So, so, I mean, if you, Mayo Clinic is one of the, you know, most well-known medical um, institutions in the world. Yeah. Um, and... So they're not um, just taking anybody, are they? Like, no. So how did you get there at Mayo? Um, so, you know, it was when when I was in med school, you know, at UAMS, you know, we are we kind of already I alluded to this earlier, you know, tried really hard, you know, mm-hmm. gave my best effort. And then when it came to apply to residency, you know, I had a competitive application. Okay. So. Um, and is that, when you say you had a competitive application, is that primarily academic? Like. Just scores, looking at test scores. Yep. So grades, um, how you know standardized tests, letters of recommendation, you know, um, all all of those things play a role. Okay. Yeah. Was Mayo your first choice? It was. Oh mm-hmm. wow! Excellent. Mm-hmm. So then you go to Mayo. That was in what year ish? So we moved there in 2010. 2010. You were there for how long? Five years. Five years. What what are some of the biggest lessons you took away from working in at the Mayo? So, um, you know, really, um, the biggest thing I think is just the collaboration there between uh, the different physician groups. Um, it you know, the Mayo Clinic was started by Will and Charlie Mayo back in the early 1900s. Two you know two uh, surgeons and they went out and they recruited all these other physicians to come in and you know different specialties and you know, they would get together and discuss cases and you know they weren't just in their own silo you know everybody would kind of pool their mm. you know their what their specialty their you know their knowledge and you know maybe somebody in a different specialty has a unique thought about how to you know, how to treat a, mm. a patient or a certain condition or something like that. So, I, you know, I think that um, that still lives on there. Um, that kind of collaborative. That yeah, is that collaborative effort, is that unique? You know, it, it, it is a, relatively unique huh. in medical practice, especially in like academic medical centers. I think um, I think people kind of get siloed and instead of kind of having this collaborative atmosphere it, it can be a little bit more hostile and turf battles and um interesting and that kind of stuff yeah just so, like anybody else who's in any other career where they're like i'm here to try to advance my agenda to become the best version of my whatever do my thing mm-hmm. even at the expense of maybe at times of like yeah like you said not collaborating as much yeah so yeah me- you know medicine it, it has a unique culture so um so may you know like i said mayo's a little different than what i'd experienced and seen you know up, up yeah. until that point yeah that's pretty incredible i didn't i didn't know necessarily what set them apart so you eventually decide to leave mayo and you come back here right 
That was the yes. next. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that uh, mainly to you start having a kid? You start having kids? You want to be around family? Like yeah. So you know, at, after med school, um, we didn't have any kids. Whenever we moved to Atlanta, and we so my wife Laura and I, we were um, we were pretty wide open as far as where we wanted to end up. You know, we talked about you know West Coast, East Coast, you know Florida, Northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You know, you know any. Anything and everything was on the table, basically. Mm-hmm. Kind um, of could have picked where you wanted to go. Yeah. yeah. And then we had our first child, Evie, um, during my, uh, halfway through my intern year. And that's when we were in Atlanta. And, you know, we realized pretty quickly, boy, it sure would be nice to have some family around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because it was just the two of us. You know, I was working a lot of hours. Um, and it was hard. Um, Mm -hmm. so after she was born, both of us kind of felt like we wanted to come back to Northeast Arkansas. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's pretty much when that decision was, was made that we wanted to, you know, ideally come back to Northeast Arkansas if we could, if not Northeast Arkansas, somewhere at least kind of in the region. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm glad you are back. Did you, um, so you start working at St. Bernard's, which was it's who you're with now. You're at St. Bernard's, and you said you've been doing radiology for how long now? So uh, it was 2015 when I finished at okay. Mayo and, and moved back here. Mm-hmm. Is there what, what's been the biggest uh, surprise to you as far as just working as a radiologist? Because obviously, I mean, or is it were you so prepared like nothing's been surprising? No, yeah, no. You know, uh, Mayo uh, did a great job training me, you know, to be a radiologist, but it's kind of all the other things that, that happen outside of the radiology, uh, realm that, you know, I've kind of had to learn on the fly and learn on the go, like how to, how to, um, be a business owner, how to manage employees, how to recruit, um, how to interface with administration. So being Um, a business owner. mm -hmm. So, so, yeah. So, uh, so actually I, I work for Associated Radiologists. We're an independent radiology group that okay. contracts with St. Bernard's to provide their radiology ah. services. So we so we cover um, St. Bernard's. You know, obviously that's mm-hmm. that's our biggest place, but we also cover the hospitals in like Pigott, Pocahontas, okay. Walnut Ridge, Blyville, Osceola. Um, yeah, yeah. And how many employees? Then for with with like that you're responsible for? Uh, you know, so we're we are. Uh, Top heavy, uh, meaning that we have a lot of radiologists and not a lot of non-radiology employees. Mm-hmm. I think right now we probably have 16 or so okay. employees. Yeah. Uh, so we have 12 radiologists in our group right now. Okay. Um, so, 12, you know, it's the 12 of us um, and then four um, non-radiology employees. So yeah. what's the daily uh, – what's your what's – your, day-to-day look like the life of a radiologist someone's maybe listening to this and like i might be interested in doing something like that like yeah what does that look like every day is different so radio you know i talked earlier you know medicine's a 24 7 365 specialty mm-hmm. and radiology's right there with it um if there's an er open or the hospital's open radiology services are needed um mm-hmm. so every you know every day is different um on a typical day, you know, I, I maybe get to work at 7.30 and I'm done by 5. But then um, there are days like today where I'm going in at 4 and leaving at midnight. 
Um, there are days when I get there at 4 a.m. Uh, there are, you know, um, weekends, um, you know, all, all the weekend hours that need to be covered. So, um, And are you just constantly reading scans and then, like, doing paperwork? Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, what do you... Yeah, so, you know, um, so... Um, Pretty much, yeah. So uh, we're reading CT scans, MRI scans, X-rays, ultrasounds. In in my particular specialty, musculoskeletal imaging. So I do a lot of image guided procedures too. So I do a lot of joint injections mm. um, and you know s- stuff like that. And and really, that's some of the most rewarding stuff that I do. The joint injections. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, so, um, so joint injections, I'd, I'd, uh, you know, treat tendon pain, plantar fasciitis. Um, you know, those are just a, a few things that I do. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. It's fantastic. Keep people on the tennis court. <laughs> That's right. Instead of, uh, tennis yeah. elbow. Yeah. Golfer's elbow. Yeah. I work with um, the ASU athletes or any athletes at all. We do. Okay. We do. And, and, you know, um, that's something that, uh, it's, it's kind of, I didn't realize how much I'd enjoy that before I started at St. Bernard's, but really one of the neatest things is being able to go to an A-State football game or watch an A-State football game on TV, see the player get injured, and then the very next day, I'm the one reading a scan. Mm. Um, Or a player comes to me, you know, they've hurt something, Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Swim or one of the – orthopedic uh, sports medicine people at JOS, JOSM has sent the, you know, the player to me for an injection of some sort. I do it. And then a week or two later, you know, I see him back out on the field mm. scoring a touchdown, you know, yeah. something like That's that. Cool, man. And, you know, I know that, I, you know, it's not me that, that scored that touchdown, but yeah. y- it does make you feel good to know that, like, you know, I, I, I did you were able to play, get him back play a role, you know. I, I, I was able to help with that. 100%. So. Yeah, man. Do you ever see anything uh, that stumps you anymore? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Like, what's something that's like, ooh, that I need to get, like, some another perspective on that? Well. Like, what would be an example? So... Um, you know, the, the stuff that stumps me really is kind of the stuff that, the stuff that's out of my day to day, every day, you know? Sure. Um, so like I said, I, I do a lot of musculoskeletal, you know, knee MRI, shoulder MRIs, that kind of stuff. Um, when I've got to look, look at like a rectal cancer case, uh, rectal cancer MRI, you know, something like that. Yep. Um, that I'm not as familiar with, yeah. you know, it, it's stuff like that that comes up. There's still, um, you know, there's stuff that comes up on call that you're not sure about. Um, you say it comes up on call. You so, mean so, so whenever we're on, when I say we're on call, basically mm-hmm. you're there at the hospital okay. by yourself gotcha. reading, yep. uh, you know, every case that happens in yep. Northeast Arkansas almost. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. And so there's, there's not a backup. There's nobody there for, you know, for you to get a second yeah. opinion on, uh, with, and you know, it's, if you've got something that comes in, that's just a, a little bit unusual, you know, you, you got to put your thinking cap yes. on and, and the radiologist isn't mm-hmm. the one who actually has to break the news to somebody, right? Like you see something, you're like, that's terminal. 
or whatever. It's yeah. like you're not the guy who has to go do that. Right. 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 So um, that that's correct. Yeah. For for the most part, we we read the scans and then it's kind of the ordering physician's job to let the patient know. Here's what yep. we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be a, I would think, a perk to radiology. And so you get yeah. the, you, like you said, you're getting to see a lot of different stuff. So it's not the same thing over and over and over and over. Uh, and you don't have to be quite there in some of the really so, bad times. Yeah. So, you know, what people say radiologists are the doctor's doctor. So we, sure. we communicate a lot with other physicians, but, you know, as far as direct with patients, not as much. You know, in my role, uh, like I said, I, I still see patients just about every day uh, for a procedure. You okay. Know, but yeah. um, not everybody in, in my group does that. And when you're, so. I guess, at least one more question, radiology, because I'm so curious about it. Like, you don't actually, I know you can read it, but are you, do you ever offer an opinion on how to treat it? Like, I know you, obviously you're doing the injections and all that kind of stuff and you've got your expertise, but I'm saying like, you know, like, can you look at something and are you also expected to be like, hey, based off of what I'm seeing here, with whatever it is and whatever the scan is, right. here's what I think might be needed. Or is that just like, at that point, you're totally hands off and it's like, I'm not a cardiologist or I'm not a whatever. It's like, right. that's your job. I can say what I just read. Now that's your job to figure that out. You know, it, it is it is the radiologist's, radiologist's job to try to direct management when appropriate. Um, so like, for example, you get a chest CT scan mm-hmm. and there's a nodule on that chest CT scan. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the radiologist's job to tell the ordering physician, like, you know, this is probably, you know, not anything to worry about. Let's just follow it up with a CT scan in, in a year. Okay. Or, you know, this is kind of intermediate suspicion. Let's get a CT scan in three or six months. Yes. Or I'm really worried about this. I think we need to do a biopsy. Okay. So, um, you know, that's just one example. But, um, you know, it, it is the role of the radiologist to try to direct management um in some cases like that that makes sense what is the uh majority of the the scans that you're probably getting like is it is it broken bones is it like what is it i mean we it, all all kinds of stuff really it's totally yeah. all over the map uh, yeah yeah all, all over the map so um you know uh kind of the bread and butter every day type of stuff like MRI scans, you know, rotator cuff tears, uh, meniscal tears, disc, you know, spine disc herniations, that kind of stuff. Do you Um, ever many people that reach out to you that say they think they have, uh, something that's a problem and then you scan it you're like, it's not a problem. Uh, that's happened once or twice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I know that, uh, we were talking about before we started recording, uh, I was for certain, (laughs) <laughs> that my life was about to end. I had this little, uh, I thought was a knot came up. Oh, where's that? What is that? Where's that at? Xiphoid process. Yeah, exactly. The xiphoid process. And I was like, I think I need a scan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was like, come on in. He's like, bro, that's uh, what was that a muscle? Is that what it is? No, it's kind of like this little piece of cartilage or bone that kind of sticks out from the bottom of your sternum. Okay. Yeah. But pretty, pretty common. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I felt good that day. <laughs> <laughs> you beat it oh i did beat it. <laughs> he's, a, he's a survivor yeah survivor. that's exactly right well well we're gonna move to some rapid fire questions but i'm just curious you know as someone who moved uh, you lived here uh born and raised just like i was you moved back uh after being away for for several years um what has the experience been like for you coming back to 
Paragold? You know, um, it's, it's been, it's been good. Um, a lot of the people that I hung out with, you know, in high school aren't here anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and just with, you know, we have three kids and we're constantly on the go and, and busy. So it, it's just, it's hard to connect with mm-hmm. people, um, that I was friends with in high school. Yep. And, you know, I, I know the same goes for Laura. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, a lot of, a lot of positive things are happening in Northeast Arkansas. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like everybody kind of talks about Northwest Arkansas. That's all, that's all I hear about Northwest mm-hmm. Arkansas. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at Northeast Arkansas, you know, I feel like a lot of stuff is happening here, you know, yeah. in Paragold and, and Jonesboro. For sure. And, um, you know, I, I think I think Northeast Arkansas is is a great place to live, great place to raise kids, good schools. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier um, one thing we you know that I do a lot of is is recruiting other people to come here to mm-hmm. join our practice, and you know, for the most part, if you a barrier is getting somebody in the door. Um, you know, they hear Arkansas and it's just like, no, not mm-hmm. interested in that. Mm-hmm. But if you can actually get somebody in the door, uh, to come and, and see mm-hmm. themselves, um, you know, they, they good realize chance, it, yeah. it, this is a pretty good place. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good place. Yeah. So it is a good place, man. And I know as a uh, tennis fan, you guys got to be loving the, uh, new courts. That's right. That's new right. courts, new trail. Have you hit up the new trail yet? We, we have not. Uh, we were actually talking about it um, after, you know, uh, we were listening to Mayor AG's yes, yes. Uh, podcast a week or two ago, yeah. and uh, Laura said, you know, we, we really need to do that yeah. sometime. We just haven't gotten around to I it I think yet. you'll like it, man. So, um, and anytime you're up for some tennis, man, we got to get back out there. Yeah. We play together. I think you and Laura, I'll play quite a bit now, don't you? She She's the tennis star. Okay. She's the tennis star She can now. beat you? <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure about that. Oh, okay, <laughs> you don't want to go on the air <laughs> saying that yet. <laughs> so uh, she, you know, she grew up not doing ball sports, you know, and she she will yeah, admit like, sure. she she was a cheerleader, gymnast, that kind of stuff. Ball sports not her thing at all. Yeah. Um, probably two or three years ago, she took this tennis apprentice class through NEA tennis, kind of learned sure. the basics. And since then, she's just been on fire. That's her thing. She plays three or four times a week now. That's is cool. in leagues. And, yeah. She still ride horses? She does some. Not as much. Tennis, tennis is, is it. Tennis is it. Tennis Come is her on, thing. Man. That's, a good, thing. That's a good switch. Yeah. Hmm. And I, good. I agree. So she plays in a league with uh, older ladies that are um, in their 60s and 70s. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a great well, lifetime Lots sport. of wisdom from them, man. Yeah. I like it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Well, let's move to some rapid-fire questions, if you're ready. Uh, I'm, I'm ready. Okay. All right, here we go. What is either the last show or movie you watched or the last book you read? Um, so we can do the the movie, I guess. So the last movie uh, we watched was the new Avatar movie. Is that good? We liked it. It's very long. It's very long. Go to the bathroom before you uh, mm. <laughs> yeah. go, go sit in the theater. But it is good. So... Uh, we actually we were we were on vacation between uh, Christmas and New Year's, and the theater we went to had 3D. So we actually we watched oh, it cool. in 3D. Um, 
it's a long time to wear 3D glasses. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of the action scenes yeah, and yeah. stuff, you know. But, um, yeah, it, we everybody liked it. Okay, liked. yeah, my wife and I have a date night. This is coming out on Friday, right? So, tonight. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, date night. We were talking about going to watch Avatar. So, Maybe must be do it. must be good. I mean, have you almost, watched it? No, no. It's almost hit two billion dollars though. So if, it's, if if you're paying your babysitter by the hour, it'll be. It is. It is. It is. parents, so okay. we're not paying anything. There you go. Mm. Yeah, they're staying the night at the parents' house. Uh, it's your favorite ride at Disney, right? Oh, yeah, a lot of the passage. The best. Yeah, that's good. You've been to Disney World? I have. Yeah. So passages off. So uh, so yeah. Um, you know, we went the last time before the pandemic started and you know you back then they had the fast pass thing or whatever mm-hmm. that like you had to get up exactly 90 days before yep. something to sign up for and avatar just opened so anyway i got up at 5 a.m to sign up for our fast passes and i knew i wanted to try to do the avatar thing like you know of course like the system crashed by the time <laughs> it came back up that that one the the flight of the passage or whatever was like completely taken. So you didn't get to do it. Well, we didn't get to do that one. We did the the one that's kind of like this little boat ride through. It's still a long yeah. wait and it's lame. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it is you know it, it is relatively lame. You know yeah, that one. It's nice. Um, yeah. It was you know. You got to go back. Cause it's yeah. a, it, it'll rock your world, man. It's good. We got a chance to go on my sabbatical and he gave me good advice. He was like, look, man, you've just got to be a kid when you're there. Like you've got to turn on your imagination, like just, just get in, like be all in it. And so mm-hmm. like I went there and I was like, you know, what's this really going to be like? And it was insane. It's so good. It's you crazy. You really feel like you're flying around on a banshee. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. There's a, yeah. I don't know what the age limit is, but there was a child next to me that was just screaming bloody murder. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like the mom, like trying to pat him and all that. So it's intense. Yeah. It's I'm, really good. I, I, I've been there on rods before. With my kids. <laughs> yeah. like, okay. This one's a little too intense, but we can't get off now. So <laughs> it's too late. Oh, all right. What is your favorite band? Hmm. So I I really don't besides listen. Seven Foot Sharon. Yeah, I I don't listen to a lot of music. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Okay. Um, what are some of the some of the podcasts you like? Well, um, so I listen to a, a lot of like news mm-hmm. and you know that kind of stuff. Okay. Geeky geeky type stuff. Radiology technology. Okay. Um, as far as music goes, I, I just listen to stuff that like I listen to. Uh, when I was a kid and growing up, like '80s music, '90s music, yeah. Guns yeah. and Roses, yeah. you know, oh, man. Uh, that kind of stuff. It's classics, so, yeah, classics, yeah, it's good. Uh, my my screen just now shut down. So, all right, here we go. What is your favorite meal? Hmm. So I would, I, w- I would have to say some sort of. You know, not just American food, uh, some sort of ethnic type of food of some sort. Our favorite restaurant like to go Casa Brava. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what he means. Yeah, our our favorite restaurant to go to right now is is Roots. I don't know if you've been there. And Man, I've heard a really good thing about Roots. We we love going. Would there. that be a good place to eat for date night? It would. It'd be inc- so you if you're going to do Roots plus Avatar. Oh boy, it's that's going to be a long night. <laughs> gonna be a long night uh but um you know roots is kind of this ecuadorian fusion like they have these unique unusual dishes don't go there if you're if you want 
you know, steak and potatoes. Mm. Uh, but if you're kind of adventurous, yeah. um, it's it's a good place to go. Order something that you have no idea what it's going to be, no idea what it's going to look like, and it'll be amazing. Ecuadorian, you know, I spent some time in Ecuador. Uh, I don't know, God, it's been a long time, but now it's like twelve years ago, one summer, and uh, people would eat like these little hamsters that were like crawling around on their floor. Mm, so that's, what, man, uh, that, that's I don't, what, I don't that's think I've I, eaten a hamster there. That's what I think but, of when I think of Ecuadorian boy, food. That was in Quito, Quito, Ecuador. So I'm just saying, it's just what came to my mind. I'm sure roots. I've heard great thing about roots. I don't Sorry, think there's any roots. hamsters on the on the. I'm not trying to sink them. I've heard great <laughs> things about them. I'm just saying that's where my mind went. Um, what is on your nightstand right now? Mm, nothing interesting. Just a TV TV remote. I was going to say a TV. Oh, I was yeah. like, keep what a nightstand. <laughs> yeah, keep it close. Yeah, no, you're not, babe. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we, we both roll over to our, to our own personal TVs <laughs> on our own nightstands. Yeah. It's the life of the radiologist. Um, all right. Give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy right now. So um, I mentioned earlier, you know, we're, we're kind of in this whirlwind of kid activities all mm-hmm. the time. And I think it's just being at one of those activities, seeing one of our kids doing what they enjoy, being successful at it, and, um, you know, having a good time. Just, yeah. you know, Great. whether it's a That's soccer good. tournament or, you know, my uh, my daughter's on the dance team at Brooklyn, watching mm. her dance at halftime of a basketball game, mm. you know, those type of things. That's cool. That's cool. What is, uh, last question, what is one thing that you're deeply grateful for right now? Um. You know, I, I think just just my family. Um, so, um, you know, we talked a lot about medicine. Medicine's hard. I've put a lot of time and effort in, into medicine and radiology. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's all about my family. Mm. So, it's great, man. It's the number one answer I feel like we get, you know, from people yeah. of all walks of life, all different mm-hmm. careers, all different backgrounds. It almost always comes back to family, friends, relationships. Mm-hmm. So, Zeke, always good to be able to spend time with you, man. Yeah, and thanks. so thanks for waiting on me uh, after I finished up that uh, car sale in my office. And so sorry I was uh, a few moments late, but it really is always good to hang out with you. Hopefully we can play some tennis or something soon. Yeah. And, Jared, I just want to say to you, um, you know, I, what you're doing with the podcast is a great thing. I've really enjoyed enjoy listening to it and hearing people's stories mm-hmm. and you know even people that i thought i kind of knew you know mm-hmm. just kind of hearing more about them um you know it's, it's been good cool so, thanks man yeah appreciate you for those of you that are still listening thanks for tuning in every single week this is why we continue to do what we do um and so if you've not already done so check us out on different social media platforms we're on uh, primarily on instagram and facebook and so you can go follow us on on instagram facebook uh keep up with all of our posts we also have a website paragonpodcast.com and if you've not done this please go to itunes give us a five star rating uh, that just helps people find us more quickly and learn about the incredible people living here in paragold so Again, thanks for listening. Until next time.